Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Careful making wishes in the dark, dark, can't be so when it hit that rock and the sides in the mean, mean time. I'm just dreaming of tearing you apart. That is hammered out to deep left field. Forget about it. Big fly from Mike Trout and the Angels have tied this one up in one. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh for Los Angeles Angels and 66ers Baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Sorry, Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is going on, Angel fans? This is Dan Garcia with another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Uh, we are getting closer and closer to the season. We're getting closer and closer to us being out in spring training, and I cannot wait for that. So before we get out to spring training, I wanted to bring on friend of the podcast, uh, Taylor Blake Ward. He's also the host of Locked On Angels. Um, you can find that podcast pretty much anywhere you find this podcast. So definitely give that a, uh, a listen. Um, at the beginning of this of this interview, um, has some uh computer difficulty so you know we're going to pick it up kind of in the middle of the very first question and where we'll start talking about the big acquisition of Anthony Rendon um from, uh, to the Angels this year and then we'll pick it up from there so really hope you enjoy the interview and here you go you know obviously the big thing about Anthony Rendon I believe is his bat and his hitting and you know doubles power and all that stuff but how much do you think a guy with his type of defense is going to help a, like you said, a pitching staff that isn't really, you know, obviously top in the majors by any means, but it, how much of that defense going to help the pitching staff? Well, I mean, any ball hit to the right side is, you know, you're going to have to hit it at 115 miles per hour for it to break through on the right side there. It's uh, or left side. I'm sorry. It's pretty remarkable to have Andrelton Simmons and Anthony Rendon defensively on that left side. I think the thing about Anthony Rendon, too, that helps is you you noted the bat. The bat is not going to regress as he ages into his mid-30s. It's going to regress in a sense, but it's not going to fall off the way that a lot of guys have. We've seen what's happened with Albert Pujols. Um, but this is a bat. The athleticism, the high contact rates, the bat speed, the way that his offense plays – it's not like the bat is going to regress, and if the if the glove does regress, you're going to have an opening at first base in a couple of years here, and you can move him to the other side of the corner and play him at first base, where he's probably a capable uh, Gold Glove first baseman. I mean, it, I think, it, like you said, man, it's the defense, the bat, it's all just a premium package, and if you want to argue he's a top five player in baseball, I see no issue with it. Now, obviously, some other moves the Angels made this offseason, obviously not on that scale, but other moves that of guys that are going to be on the Major League roster. I'm talking about Jason Castro, uh, Dylan Bundy, Julio Tehran. Out of some of those newer guys not named Anthony Rendon, 
who are you who do you feel will make the biggest impact for the Angels this year? Uh I think that Dylan Bundy is that guy. Um getting him out of the AL East. I, everyone talks about that, but there's a real there's a real item to that. Uh I think Dylan Bundy getting out of the AL East is going to be really great. Uh ground ball guy. Julio Tehran, I um I'm I'm not the big guy on him. I mean, the numbers have been great over the years, but the analytical numbers just at some point in the near future, he's going to fall off. And whether that's this year at some point or not uh, is going to be seen. If it is this year, it's a pretty big uh, fall off that's going to be coming here. Uh, who's the other guy you know? That Jason Castro. Jason I Castro. That's a yeah, that's a great pickup. I don't think the offense is going to be what it has been. I think he's going to be you know a suboptimal contact hitter. He's going to run into a few home runs here and there. He's going to walk quite a bit. So, uh, but you add a lefty bat in there. But the defense. Another guy. The defense is really outstanding. Uh, maybe not a gold glove guy. Um, and the thing that's unique is, you know, when we go to uh, robotic umpires, whenever yeah. that is, <laughs> hopefully we don't, but whenever that is, um, guys like Jason Castro, are the value is going to fall off completely because of his pitch framing. So what helps here is it's a one-year deal. Um, so this is great. You know, it's great for Jason Castro to make his money now. Uh, but I also think he's going to be beneficial for the Angels. And I think that I don't know if you're ever going to see the actual numbers in value when it comes to catchers. Uh, but Jason Castro is one of those guys that the numbers may not express how good and important he's going to be for the Angels in 2020. Uh, but I think it, it's going to be something that maybe is noticeable uh, among those that watch the games regularly. So you mentioned there's something uh, that's, it seems like it's coming, you know, just kind of a matter of uh, when, not if, the automated uh, umpires. But another rule that is coming into play this year that I think will be really interesting to see play out is the three uh, batter minimum for pitchers. How do you feel about it, and how do you think this not only affects, you know, obviously the Angels, but just affects bullpens in general and Major League Baseball? Hate it. Hate it. H-A-T-E, hate it, man. <laughs> um you say, I mean, it's I I get it, I get it, but um, I'm all for you know these kind of specialty players and having guys that uh, are these specialty items. You, you give them jobs, and I feel like you're taking away jobs. And you know the counter argument to that is you want the most talented guys on the major league roster, and uh, you know you're taking jobs away from guys that are more talented. So be it, but. I think that this is part of the strategy of baseball is using that the matchups that are given to you through your bullpen, and uh, I'm I'm not a fan, and I, I really don't like it. Um, a guy could get lit up when he doesn't necessarily need to be. Um, you're gonna really the value of left-handed relievers is gonna just diminish because you know guys are gonna line up in the uh, batting order is left, right, left, or or uh, left, right, right, whatever it is, and suddenly you have no reason to throw your lefty out there in the bullpen. So uh, I, I just – I don't like it. I never have. I, I hate the – I'm uh, – I'm, I'm, I used to be very anti-DH for the National League. I used to really be against it. Um, I like the unique uh, – uniqueness? Is that, a, is that a real word? Uh, I mean, if you could say it, I guess it's real, right? I guess uh, the uniqueness <laughs> of the two leagues, but now I sit here and I say, you know what? Hey, add the DH to the National League, and you're adding jobs. 
mm-hmm. to Major League Baseball for the players. So um, I feel like this is taking away some jobs from lefties, and I, I hate it, man. I, I know I've said that probably a few times too many, uh, but not a fan in the least in uh, the three-batter minimum rule. Yeah, I, I I noticed what you said about the DH rule, and, and I haven't heard much more. There always seems to have kind of a whisper behind the scenes about it, but correct yeah, me if I'm wrong, I, I haven't really heard anything – you know, tangible no, that it's coming or anything like that. No, me neither. But I yeah. was just kind of making a point. Yeah, oh, no, no, I, I, I and yeah, I agree. I was just like, yeah, I think you're right. I think that would be more of a a better focus, I guess you would say, than kind of this three pitch. Like, I'm still very kind of well. I don't know how that's going to work out for, like you said, the lefty specialist guys are kind of not usable i guess because now if you are going lefty and then there's gonna be a lefty righty righty you know he's stuck for those other two righties and what are you gonna do with with him then so yeah something i think is gonna be real interesting to see coming out of you know this year in the 2020 rule changes um so going forward obviously big big news this offseason was obviously the asteroid astros cheating scandal and everything that just got found with that i'm not going to try to beat it too much into the ground because i feel like your podcast my podcast everybody's podcast has kind of said their words about it and, and their opinion on it. but something that i i wanted to talk to you about especially because you do do so much with the draft and you do do so much for minor league baseball um the two the first and second round picks uh taken away from the astros for 2020 and 2021 what kind of effect will that have on the Astros and just how it would affect any team losing those four picks over two years. I mean, if anybody, if any team knows about it, it's the angels, you look back to the early 2010s when, uh, they missed out so that when they signed Pujols, Hamilton, Weaver, and I feel like I'm missing someone in that CJ Weaver. I'm sorry. CJ Wilson. I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I said Weaver. <laughs> um, but I, and I feel like I'm still missing someone in that, but, the Angels missed out on multiple first-round picks, multiple second-round picks, and then it took them years to rebuild the farm system. In that process, they struggled to put a, a team, uh, you know, a, a proper major league roster together, uh, especially with in-house players. Uh, so, you know, obviously Houston is a very strong developmental team. There's nothing wrong with that. I was very surprised they didn't hit them on the international market, which I feel yeah. they should have. Um, but losing these draft picks is it, it has the opportunity to be a monstrous item for the future of the Houston Astros, especially when you have guys like Jose Altuve, George Springer, and Carlos Correa hitting free agency in the very near future. Um, so you've got to fill those positions. Now you have the guys that are already in house. You didn't lose any players that you already have in your current system, but say that, uh, you know, say Jose Altuve, what, he's a free agent in two or three years here? Does that sound right? Yeah, I think in two. Two years? Yeah, and then so Springer's up you, at the end of this year, I believe, too. Right, and yeah. say that you had a kid that you took with the 30th pick this year that was an advanced college hitter that, you know, an advanced college shortstop, and this guy hit his way to where he could be a rookie and three years from now, you know, Jose Altuve is a free agent. He moves on. And you don't have to worry about plugging that hole with a free agent. You have a guy that is ready to step in as a rookie. You don't have that luxury anymore. You have the guys that are in-house. But it it has a huge potential impact 
Uh, if anybody's going to work their way around it, I think it is the Houston Astros. I think they're very good devel- at developing players. But this is a big hit that uh, we're not going to see for about three or four years down the road. But when those three or four years down the road come, we're going to sit there and say, you know what, man, those first and second round picks from two years ago, they're screwed. <laughs> that really messed them up. Do, do you really, I mean, obviously, like you said, there have been really, really good developmental team for the past, you know, handful of years now. But now with the exit of Lou now losing their job because of this, does that maybe take a step back, do you believe? Or do you do you think this is a good enough kind of internal program where it's just going to keep on going? Uh, you know what? I'm going to use a cop-out and a wait-and-see on right. this one. Um, but it just, you know, gut feeling. I think the Houston Astros, you know, they kept all of their development, developmental staff, to my knowledge. Uh, it's not like they lost anyone. Uh, maybe the philosophy changes a little bit, but you still have these premier developmental coaches. Uh, and I always say, you know, when it comes to these minor league guys, it's all about the hands-on approach with coaching and, man, er, and things like this. Um, I haven't been able to see Houston's approach as often as I used to after they moved out of Lancaster and moved to the Carolina League. But when they were here in Lancaster, um, you saw just how hands-on these coaches were. And Yeah, I I mean, um, if that's the philosophy they're carrying along with them going into the next few years, I don't see Houston having a real problem when it comes to development. Now, again, moving forward, um, talking about, you know, the season coming up, spring training is in full swing right now. Um, You know, I think I get questions every time around this year how much stock you should take into each person's kind of individual performance throughout, you know, obviously spring training. What are you – I know – because talking to you, you're not really looking for the batting average or on base or RBIs during spring training. But what are you looking for when you do watch uh, uh, maybe a younger guy up to bat on, on for a spring training game? Uh, the approach. I mean, all I'm looking at is, uh, and this was last year with Matt Thice. I could really specify with Matt Thice last year. He was going into these seven, eight pitch battles with guys that I can't remember exactly who he was facing, but these were guys that pitched in the all-star game that year or the year before. It's like, you you see that this guy, you know, Matt Feist has not played above triple a at this point, and he's going out there and putting together a great approach against this all-star pitcher. This is a guy that by mid season should be ready for a major league call up. And you know, if he's sitting there against, uh, I don't know, let's say, um, <laughs> let's say David Price, right? David mm-hmm. Price, you know, that's a pretty league average starter, even though the money and all this stuff, but David Price is still a pretty league average starter. And let's say that uh, Joe Adele goes up and faces David Price here. And Joe Adele is sitting there, and he looks comfortable against David Price. He has a good approach. He turns this into a uh, – he's attacking early – on you know a first pitch fastball or a second pitch fastball, lining it down left field, it just goes foul. But he just has to work on his timing a little bit. Um, you see him uh, with great dis- discipline, and yet he strikes out on the fifth or sixth pitch. I am not worried one bit at all in that fi- you know in that strikeout. I am blown away that this twenty year old has this approach against a major league caliber starter who is a league average or better starter. And that's what I'm looking at. So yeah, a guy could go over 20 with 20 strikeouts and that's 
pretty alarming. But at the same time, if you're watching the progress of these players and watching the approach they have, even the pitchers, you can tell with the pitchers, you know, are they are they throwing strikes? Are they commanding to uh, east, west, north, south? Uh, are they using all four pitches or all however many pitches and commanding them within and, and without the zone? Um, those are the things I'm looking at. I, spring training stress, strats, of course. Spring <laughs> training stats do not matter. No, and, man. you know, you're going to hear the argument both ways on tons of people, uh, but they just don't matter because these are the things that you're looking at. If you look at Joe Adele and he goes 0 for 3 with two strikeouts uh, and a hard ground out, Look at the analysis. Look at why he went 0 for 3 with three or two strikeouts as opposed to just reading that box score. Um, and that's where I stand when it comes to these spring training games. Uh, obviously, you're looking at Mike Trout. You're looking at Anthony Rendon, and you're sitting there, and you're saying, gosh, Anthony Rendon, professional hitter, Mike Trout, nothing's wrong. He flew out to the warning track. Oh, no, he lost power, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> he, yeah. he had a golf ball to uh, – to Jupiter on top of that. Yeah. yeah. But outside of that, you know, um, you know, you're just looking at the very basic fundamental parts of the game and uh, you know, you, you could sit there. I mean, uh, I know Jose Suarez pitched earlier. Uh, I don't know when the show's coming out, but you know, I'll say earlier today or earlier this week and uh, Jose Suarez, you know, commanding East and West, low in the zone at the knees, nothing that was going to be able to be hit hard. Uh, that's what you're looking for. And that's where I stand with it. And talking about someone like uh, uh, Jose Suarez, and, and, and I believe the other pitcher today was also Patrick Sandoval, some of those bubble guys. Um, how, how do you see them fitting in with the Angels team this year, being that they got guys we talked about earlier with, with Bundy and, and Julio Tehran, and then at some point you are going to get Otani back in the pitching rotation? Where do you think those younger guys kind of fit in? Uh, it's all based on um, how you use op- uh, options. Um Essentially, all those guys have options. I think, does Jaime Berea still have a year of options? I think so, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Right. Just off the top of my mind. I mean, it's as simple as me pulling up my laptop, but I just uh, (laughs) – no, I mean, it's all based on options. And it's going to be that rotating, uh, you know, there's a flight that goes from Salt Lake to uh, Santa Ana pretty regularly, and that's going to be what you're going to be seeing. Um one of these guys has a chance, you know, whoever has a chance to stick and can show that they're going to stick, they will. Uh, if that's Patrick Sandoval or Jose Suarez or Jaime Barrio, whoever it is, uh, the Angels aren't going to say, hey, you've had five great outings with us. Go enjoy a trip to uh, the Pacific Coast League where you're going to give up eight <laughs> runs and still have a good outing. No, 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 no. Angels aren't going to do that. Uh, but whoever of – and I'm I'm specifying those three guys, but you've got Luis Gohara that has a chance to make it later in the season. You've got Jake Thompson, who I think is uh, I think he's kind of going to be a surprise here in spring training. I really liked what I saw out of him earlier last week. I know the numbers, uh, another case of where the numbers don't support it, um, but I'll tell you the slider had great movement. He was able to get some swing and misses on it. The fastball was coming out really hot, really clean. Um, I really like the release of his fastball. Uh, command was a pretty big problem for him. But, you know, you start adding these guys into the order. And I think that the Angels have about four or five options for that fifth uh, fifth or sixth starter, however you want to look at it, when Otani does come back. Now, kind of keeping with the minor league 
theme because the, the handful of times we have actually met in person, it has been at uh, Empire 66ers, so that's kind of a common thing we have. But, you know, you do so much more or know so much more about that kind of stuff than I do. I like to pick your brain about it. So I'm going to give you some names in the Angels organization, and I'm not too much worried about where you think they'll break camp or where they'll spend the majority of their 2020 season. So the first one I want to talk about is, is Jordan Adams. Where do you think he's going to spend the most of his time this year? Um, be- before I get to that, I got to say, the first time we met, I busted into the press box <laughs> in Inland Empire, San Bernardino, and you guys were recording, and I just go, oh, oh what's yeah. up, guys? You know, yeah. the guy was just like, hey, you know, who's this jerk that just walked in? Um, so <laughs> no, I remember that. With that. No. Uh, you guys do a great job covering the minor league side, so don't discredit yourself oh, by any you. means on that. You guys do a great job. Jordan Adams, I think he is going to spend a year in high A. I think that you're going to see some adjustment period for him. Um, This is a kid that went to low A ball and had the most comfortable takes you could ever see out of a guy that hasn't played baseball his whole career, his whole life. I mean, this guy is so green when it comes to baseball. Uh, But high A, that is, I've always said this, you know, High A is a make-or-break level for a lot of guys. Low A is essentially like a college all-star game in a sense. You know, it's like a like low A baseball is pretty comparable to SEC baseball in a sense. If you know you take the best out of every other division and or every other conference in baseball and add it to SEC, that's kind of low A. So for him to be 19 years old and looking like a college junior. Uh, right out of the gate. He looks great. Um, when he gets into the California League, that's going to be some pretty more solidified playing. There's going to be guys that command the baseball a lot better, and the stuff is going to be breaking better. Um, so I think that you're going to see an adjustment period for him. I think that he's going to maybe have some early struggles. Uh, maybe even, even he might actually come off really strong and then have some midseason struggles. There's going to be a point where he kind of struggles in a point in the season. But I think that his athleticism and his ability to understand that he is a baseball player now is really going to transform him. And this is a guy that's knocking on the door of uh, being a top 100 prospect. People love the tool right. set, and they love everything about what, how green he is, but how good he is for how new he is to baseball in a sense. Another guy that I want to, talk, I want to get your opinion on is a guy that kind of tore up the rookie league and in, in the, in the Pioneer League, and that's Jeremiah Jackson. Um, 19 years old, and and do you see him at all getting to Inland Empire, or do you think he spends most of his time out in uh, uh, low A? I think you're going to see most of the season in low A. Now, we said the same thing about uh, Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele two years ago, and they <laughs> jumped uh, midseason. Um, but Jeremiah Jackson, you know, the strength, the home run numbers are definitely assisted by the Pioneer League, but the home run, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he hit, 15, 20 home runs in Lowe, which is pretty impressive, especially in Burlington. Uh, that park plays real well to the pitchers. But, yeah, I, I think that for the most part, Jeremiah is going to be with Burlington and Lowe. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got a uh, mid-July to August call-up to the California League. I'll kind of go along those lines. Okay. So another guy that you can hopefully see at Alien Empire this year. Um, some now prospects on the on the pitching side. 
a guy that we've talked to a couple of times on the podcast that just, you know, you, you hear a lot of great things about him, but just hasn't been able to stay healthy for his career. And that's Chris Rodriguez. Um, obviously, he played a little bit in with the Alien Empire last year. But, you know, if everything's healthy and he's able to get on the mound relatively normal, uh, in a normal kind of position, where do you think he spends most of his time? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, we talk about the health, right? You know, Chris Rodriguez is a very special arm. Uh, if you've had the chance to see him pitch live, it is electric stuff. And this is a guy that could be a top hunter prospect. And you ask around to uh, Eric Long and Hagen and Fangraphs, Keith Law with the athletic, uh, you know, you ask around, everyone's like, yeah, this guy being healthy, he's a top hunter pitch, you know, top hunter pitching prospect. Um, as for where he's going to start the year, that's kind of up in the air. You know, I talked to him on my show as well, and we were talking about that, and it's kind of just, uh, could this guy jump to double-A without seeing a lot of time in the California League? Possibly. Uh, but it's, you know, I'm not trying to use a cop-out, but it is a cop-out in a sense. And the fact that I just don't know. Uh, so we do have to wait and see, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, hopefully, I, I think uh, for our own selfish reasons, we want to see him back in California. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, w- I wouldn't be stunned if he had a very quick, quick trip to double a i wouldn't be very surprised you know with someone like that who's who's been battling injuries for you know the last couple years um as like a a scout or you know do when do you look at a player and be like you know what he might be injury prone this might be a, a kind of a bigger deal compared to another player or is it just that never cross your mind um i don't think it's necessarily fair to do that unless you have some form of a scientific background there are obvious signs that could lead to injuries such as uh you know an injury past uh for position players or some fragility in the frame uh there's a guy in the oakland a system who i call chicken legs i won't specify (laughs) who it is but he's a top prospect in the oakland a system and i've told people i said this kid's not going to hit for power uh, he, I really worried about his leg strength and yet he's a top, uh, I think, I don't know if he's a top hundred prospect, but he's a pretty, you know, big prospect for Oakland. That's an item that I look at, you know, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to bash on the kid and that's why I'm not using his name per se. Uh, but you know, small legs, small frame, um, non-durable, you know, non-durable, uh, physicality items and also, you know, your pitching motion. I think pitching motion can speak a lot of things. And Chris Rodriguez definitely did have a violent delivery for a while there. I know he's cleaned it up. Uh, and what I saw last year was very uh, much cleaner than when he was drafted. But his arm was never the problem. It was his back. And those are, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry about that. You, you start talking about certain parts of the body. Uh, hamstrings are very scary uh, when it comes to healing. Backs are very scary when it comes to healing. There's certain parts of the body, and this is just, uh, I have a medical background, so I know a little bit about these things, but I don't think it's ever fair for someone, um, whether it be a scout or someone like me who just uh, reports on these things, you know, is just a journalist who has this form of a background. I don't think it's fair for us to assess potential injuries. Um that's just me though, you know, yeah. and there's very obvious things, but unless you have 
a form of scientific backing behind it or you have a strong medical background. Because, I mean, I, I picked up my EMT, but that doesn't mean, you know, that means that I paid for a class. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not anything like that. Um, so I don't think it's fair for me or for a lot of people to ever uh, say that this guy has – he's going to be injury prone. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're not. And then the last pitcher in the in the uh, Angels farm system I want to talk about is Hector Yan. I believe he finished the season with low A. Um, where do you see him spending most of his time uh, this year? Hector Yan, he's going to be in California if you ask me. I would be surprised if he wasn't in California for the uh, entire season. Um, they may want to get him. They, so they added him to the 40 man. Right. Uh, so they may want to get him to double a at some point, uh, during 2020, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was in California until, you know, similar to Jeremiah Jackson. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't hit double a until, you know, August late in the season, basically. All right. Not bad. But I really, I, I will say this. I, I really like his stuff. Um, kind of funky. Um, not like, uh, He's got a good breaking ball. His fastball is relatively flat, which is surprising for the amount of swings and misses he gets with it. Um, but just really, uh, when, when you see his delivery, uh, you're going to see this ball jumps on guys. The problem here is he has a really good chance to be a lefty reliever, which we talked about early on the show and how lefty relievers are going to be a little bit undervalued moving right. forward. So, uh, shorter guy, which is a sign of um, maybe not as much durability to be a starter, but they're going to try and make him a starter in the long run. Yeah, some some really good young talent looks like going to be working his th- way through San Bernardino this year, which, like you said, for us personally is, is really exciting. So, uh, Taylor, I want to thank you again for, for taking some time out and just kind of catching up, getting ready for, you know, obviously opening day and baseball season. So let everyone know where they can get a hold of you, Twitter, and then obviously the Locked On Angels podcast. Hey, for you guys, anytime. Uh, if you want to check out my work, it's at LockedOnAngels.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Taylor Blake Ward. But, uh, hey, I love coming on with you guys. So Thank you, yeah. Anytime you guys need me, absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. I hope you have a great day. Thanks, buddy. What's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And again, I want to thank Taylor for taking some time out, chatting with us, catching up. Um, 
talking about Angels baseball and just, you know, he's a really cool guy. I talk about the minor league system. He knows it so well. And especially when the draft starts coming back around, uh, a guy to talk about that kind of stuff. Also, he just does a wonderful, wonderful job on his podcast. Again, Locked on Angels. Check it out. Obviously, you guys listen to this podcast. So hopefully you guys listen to that one, too. There is plenty of information to go around, and, and he does look at it more of the scouting type of perspective on a lot of things. Uh, does a great job taking your guys' questions on Twitter, uh, but you know it's always fun to kind of sit around and, and, and chat with him for a little bit. But you know that's going to do it for this episode. Again, we will be out in uh, Tempe coming up by the end of this week, March fifth through the ninth. We will be out in Tempe for spring training games. Absolutely, check out for our posts on our social media um, on Instagram and on Twitter, Halo underscore Haven about where we'll be because we are definitely doing giveaways out in Tempe while we're there. So the only way you're really going to figure out where we're doing them and what we're doing is through that uh, medium, that social media stuff. So uh, definitely give us a follow there. Again, we still have plans to meet with Red Bollinger at MLB.com to kind of do the same thing. Talk to him about uh, Angels baseball, and he's been out in Tempe this whole time and kind of the, the feel around the clubhouse and all that stuff. So if you have questions for him that we want us to ask him, definitely email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Again, allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Until then, we'd like to thank you guys for listening. Uh, hope you uh, subscribe, rate, and review, and we will talk to you later. Have a good one. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. 
The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.